The Avidea Podcast, brought to you by Express Care with Avidea, with clinics in the Elysian in Cork and Northwood and Tala in Dublin. There's nothing more important than health. Hello and welcome to the Affidea Podcast. I'm Al Dunn and today I'm talking to Irish hockey player and Olympic silver medalist Chloe Watkins. Chloe, you're very welcome. We want to talk to you about recovering from sports injuries. But first, let's talk about the importance of girls participating in sports. Are girls as likely to begin participating in sports at a young age in the same numbers as boys? Um, I think I think they are. I think at a younger age, it's it's about having the range of sports and not not pigeonholing kids too early. I think girls are just as likely to get out there if there's something that appeals to them. Whereas, you know, often it's just the standard, maybe team sports, ball sports, and that doesn't appeal to every single girl. So, um, you know, whether that's gymnastics, athletics, team sports, there's a whole range. And I think that's that's probably the key to keeping that age group, that younger sort of primary school age group, just getting something that appeals to them because I think for girls you know you can get pigeonholed quite quickly or you're not sporty but you know there's something for everybody I think Has the range gotten a bit better in in the last even 10 years that now girls are more encouraged to go in and play even soccer and Gaelic where they weren't necessarily before they were pigeonholed into hockey there's nothing wrong with hockey there's nothing wrong with 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 camogie but but it has opened up a little bit i think has it yeah i think i think the exposure at the top level um you know getting to see that the soccer team on the tv mm. or the you know the the camogie whatever it is i think that appeals to that younger age group and then when they see that they're more likely to say well i want to get into that sport um you know, and tell their parents about it or whatever it is. So I think that really ties into that that younger age group um, and and helps them see that it is, you know, a possibility. They could, they can play whatever they want. I remember growing up, I loved football, but there was no football, women's football on the TV. Yeah. And I never thought of it as a possibility then for me. Whereas, you know, now it's, it's definitely a possibility and it's an opportunity for girls to get into every sort of sport, whatever. Is there any other way we can encourage girls to get into sport? Um, I think they can be less confident maybe than the boys um, at certain age groups anyway. Um, and I think the, the really important thing for girls is to have that sort of um, open environment that like, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be super competitive all the time, that it's more... Yeah, I know even for myself, it's a, there's a social element to it and there's a fun element to it. And that's true to this day, whatever level you're playing at. And I think that's crucial at the younger the younger ages to make sure it's it's a fun environment and, you know, challenging. But at the same time, uh, it doesn't have to be this this incredibly competitive cutthroat, mm. you know, sport thing. So it's there for the fun, not necessarily. It's, it's taking part, I suppose, but then th- there is a competitive edge. Exactly, challenging yourself um, with whatever physical activity you're doing, but you know, not having it too intense yeah. or too, you know, that that kind of thing. Having that fun element that we can still have a laugh here and enjoy ourselves and build friendships from it as well. So you were interested in in football when you were young. You were saying, um, if, if that had have been around, would you have gone that way instead of maybe going into hockey? I I don't know. I don't know if I would have been good enough, but um, I think. You know, I'm I'm a huge football fan still to this day. Um, 
love Liverpool FC and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> and now you see there's women's teams mm. in the Premiership, like with with Arsenal and and Liverpool and all of them. And if I thought that was a possibility, you know, I I really don't know because I was a big fan. But I think uh, for me, it was once I went into secondary school. I suppose hockey was the, the main sport available, mm. and my friends were playing it. Um, and I started to maybe get on underage representation and I I was like this is a possibility here I'd love yeah. to play for Ireland and I didn't I didn't have that in the football I think But it's dedication as well no matter what the sport is that you have to put the time in in order to get to the kind of level you've got to It is it's it's a huge commitment mm. without a doubt um, but it's, it's always you know it's my choice to do it mm. and I've always felt that so um, I've had to give up a lot I suppose to, to play for Ireland um, for a number of years but you know, I was always willing to do it because it was something that I that I wanted myself. It wasn't from any sort of, you know, other other reason. Quite a few girls, particular, seem to drop out in their teenage years. Yeah, I think y- you definitely see that um, through secondary school. Even when you come in at first year and then you leave at sixth year, the numbers have dropped off. Mm. And whether that's exam and study pressure. Um, or or just a confidence thing, and it it's not seen as a you know, necessarily a cool thing to be doing, getting out, running around a pitch. But mm. um, again, I think I think for girls, it's it's just about appealing to them in the right way and uh, showing them that you know it's okay to to not be at the desk twenty four seven if they're worried about exams. That it's actually a great thing to have a physical out outlet. Um, and to also be able to to balance things will actually stand to you later in life and and team sports you learn a huge amount from that's so transferable after school um that is really invaluable it's not just about the academic side of it when they go is it really difficult to get them back or do many come back i think you know with colleges now there's a lot of a lot of sports on offer there's um facilities that are always improving and I think that's a huge a huge area you can catch you can catch them back into it and, and really get them engaged again um, it just depends what's on offer and again I'm, I'm lucky I have a great hockey club in Monkstown Hockey Club it's a very community based hockey club and you know a lot of girls in the area are, are members there and there's a good social buzz and that kind of thing so you know with more facilities and communities and, and, and clubs like that I think Girls will definitely get back into it if if they think, you know, leaving cert is over. I'm, I'm ready to get back mm. into things. It is the Affidea podcast. We need to talk to you about your injury. Sorry if it's going to be painful. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of injuries have you sustained during your career? I, I've, be, I've been lucky enough, Touchwood, um, over my career that, you know, um, I've had hamstring tears. I've had um, an ankle fracture which which actually was was quite early on in my career and um it initially got misdiagnosed mm. by by a physio and I was getting work done on it and I was let back play for a couple of weeks and it was only because the pain was still there I I I got a scan which really showed up the the true diagnosis and obviously I was out then for a couple of months but um sort of from that point on I I always you know scans and that kind of thing really just help diagnosis and help quick recovery so um, I've been lucky enough that they're probably my worst ones. And are they typical injuries for a hockey player that you're talking about? Uh, they are, I suppose. You'd see you'd see quite a lot of 
um, ankle and knee injuries, I guess, mm. just because the nature of it, you're up and down and you're lunging and you're, you're it's quite quick. Um, and muscle tears, again, are, are probably a, a very common one, hamstrings and quads and that kind of thing, because it's, it's high intensity and it's a fast game. What was the recovery process for your ankle then? How, how long did that take? Uh, that was that was eight weeks, I think, Ooh. at the time. So it was um, in a sort of cast boot thing for maybe two weeks on crutches. And mm-hmm. then it was uh, about rehabbing it because I think whoever, if anybody's had an ankle injury, they'll know that it never quite gets back to full to full strength. But it's something that you have to be quite, uh, you know, rigid with when you're doing the rehab. What's the key to a successful recovery? I think I think getting the diagnosis right is probably crucial. Um, you don't want to, I know as an athlete myself, you don't want to waste weeks mm. um, treating something or rehabbing something that's that's not actually the cause of, of the injury. So um, having a clear diagnosis for me is, is key because then you know exactly what you're dealing with. You know exactly how long you're going to be out and what your rehab plan is. Absolutely agree with you. As somebody who had a scan for a broken foot recently and after walking on it for two or three weeks, the scan showed you really should get something done with that. Listen, uh, Chloe, thank you for talking to us today. Uh, I think that was very informative and useful. Chloe Watkins, thank you for your time on the Affidea podcast. We'll see you next time. The Affidea podcast brought to you by Express Care with Affidea with clinics in the Elysian in Cork and Northwood and Tala in Dublin. There's nothing more important than health.